As you remain standing this morning, I want to excite your mind with the reality of the truth that two Sundays ago as I drove to church, the Holy Spirit spoke to me two words, coping mechanisms. And I said, coping mechanisms? I had the word I had prepared, the Lord is thy keeper, and what's this? And I asked my daughter, Google for me very quickly what coping mechanisms is all about. And when she Googled, to my greatest surprise, I know what it means, but there was not much said about it, and certainly no church said anything about it. And I came to church and I told you, I said, the Lord said, speak to them about coping. The effect, if you look around, that you see is poor choices of coping mechanisms is one of the things you're witnessing. And the thing about coping mechanisms is it could actually be a trap to make things a lot worse. And two Wednesdays ago, I went online and I spoke a bit about it. I don't know how many of you were able to join. And so I want multimedia to bring up the slide of coping mechanisms. And in that slide, it talks about the good, the bad, and the deadly coping mechanisms. Children of God, it's not, we don't even have the latitude or the luxury of fooling around anymore. If you live in Nigeria, you know there's a lot going on. How many of you know there's a lot going on? There's a lot going on. I got a visit from somebody who was the MD of a bank who has held all the financial position when he told me what was behind the scene. He just called me, said, are you home? I'm coming. I didn't invite him. I seek to prepare me for today. And I got a bigger picture of what is wrong. Now listen to me this morning before we take the scripture and we say the prayer. When things are tough, like it is now in Nigeria, it leads to pressure and stress. Then people start looking for how to cope. Can I get a witness? How many of you are looking for how to cope? Let me see your hand up. Okay. And so, enter coping mechanisms. That's the time it becomes something everybody is engaging in, but nobody's talking about. Everyone is trying to find a way of coping because we can't cope with the many things and situations facing us at home, at work, financially, in relationships. People are not talking to each other anymore. And in trying to cope, we resort to convenient coping mechanisms instead of adopting a winning coping strategy. They sound alike, but they're completely different. One is instinctive, the other one is premeditated. Most times what wrecks a man is not so much what he had to face, as much as how he handled himself during the tough times. I'm going to say that again. Most times what wrecks a man is not so much what he had to face, like what's going on in Nigeria, as much as how he handled himself and the coping mechanisms he, he opted for during the tough times. The outcome will always be better if we opt for a coping strategy rather than any convenient 
easy to access coping mechanisms, but by the help of God, we will do better than just coping in this season, we will overcome in Jesus' name. I don't think you heard the prayer I offered. By the help of God, we will do better than just coping. We will overcome in this season in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My scripture is found in Luke 22 verse 32, the Passion Translation. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that you will stay faithful to me no matter what comes. And a lot came, and a lot is coming in our own times. But I have prayed for you, Peter, you better understand this, that you will stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this after you have turned back to me, and I've Come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us to download knowledge that we may gain understanding so that we can walk in wisdom rather than being the victims of this situation. We become victorious in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be said concerning us that it has come to pass that we are more than conquerors to the glory of your name. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you agree that it's time for us to look at coping mechanisms? If I ask you to ask your neighbor, if I ask your neighbor, how are you coping? Hello. Say, how are you coping emotionally? How many of you have seen that people really disappoint us these days? Can I see your hand up? Come on now, can I see your people disappoint us? Come on, over here. Do people disappoint us a lot? They say, ask your neighbor, how are you coping emotionally? The one that they don't want to answer, how are you coping financially? Hmm. It's serious. When times are tough, people have to find how to cope. But this morning, I want to remind you, can you stop this? Hey, hey, hey. There's feedback all over this place. Um, can you, this morning, I want you to please focus. Okay, let me ask this question. It's an interactive Sunday. Do you know anybody that is not coping well? Somewhere in your office, in your family, amongst your friends, do you know somebody that is not coping very well? I want your feedback. Do you know somebody that is not coping very well? You are not coping very well. You are a Christian. May the Lord bless you and help you out of it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask a question. Do you know somebody that is not coping very well? Do you know that some of our children are not coping very well? Do you know so many of our youth, they are not coping very well? You are all quiet. Am I coming too close? But let me say, the instruction of the Lord is the title of this service, the theme or the title for the sermon, for this, in fact, there's no sermon, the discussion is from coping mechanisms to coping strategies. That's what it is. We're supposed to transit from the innate instinctive decision to shift because of what we're facing to a coping mechanism, it's in it. It is instinctive. It is available, but it's not usually the best. We're going to move from that to coping strategies. 
I wish Nigerian government knew the right coping strategies. There's some coping mechanisms they have put into place and it's making life a lot worse for all of us. But we will not use our hand to do ourselves in Jesus' mighty name. Coping mechanisms are the pattern and behaviors we fall back on in trying to deal with unusually stressful situations. Coping mechanisms are the patterns and the behavior we fall back on in trying to deal with unusually stressful situations. Coping mechanisms are the way we choose to deal with the struggles and the difficulties of life that we don't want but we're dealing with. But most of these coping mechanisms are bad. Only few are good. Now the coping mechanisms, they're worse than what you're facing. So when you're in a bad situation, Satan wants you to take the wrong decision. Being sick is not the same as being buried. Being broke is not the same as being destroyed. So these coping mechanisms could be snares and traps that were designed to have devastating results in our lives, in concerning our future and even our destiny. So I know I've caught your attention. And I'm going to give you a few coping mechanisms that are not good. Sometimes when things are so tough, people snap and they begin to live life recklessly. They don't care anymore. They talk anyhow. They drive anyhow. When things are tough, people feel so bad. And some people slide into a self-sabotaging lifestyle where they begin to do things that hurt their health, their finances, and their family. So self-sabotaging behaviors, backsliding, people don't come to church anymore. People give up. People fight. There's a lot of fighting going on on the street. There's a lot of fighting going on in offices. A lot of fighting going on in homes. Temper tantrums. Uh, There's a scripture I need to bring to your attention. It's going to really surprise you. It speaks directly and indirectly to coping mechanisms that are easy to access. Jeremiah 6 and verse 14, the New Living Translation says, They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. It's talking, see, coping mechanisms is what is baba superficial treatment. It doesn't solve the problem. It gives you a palliative, but the problem is still there. The cancer is still eating to the bones. And this is talking about the priesthood in the days of Jeremiah. He said they offer superficial treatment for my people's mortal wound. A mortal wound is a wound but it could kill you. It could destroy your family. So something was going on and the priest did not have the right strategy for the people. They offered to them superficial treatments like coping mechanisms. Bible says they give assurances of peace when there is no peace. The thing about coping mechanisms is you kind of feel good instantly. You can't walk away seemingly from your pressure, but whilst you're walking away, looking the other way, the thing is multiplying. May the Lord help us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want some interaction with you, but let me first read a few that I have had on the two Wednesdays ago. Um, Lady B sent a contribution directly by direct message to me. She says, I struggle a lot. Can I get a witness? 
I struggle a lot. Nobody struggles here. Nobody struggles here. We struggle with different things. Don't let anybody fool you. No matter how cool they look on Sunday, they're struggling with something. Can I tell you something? So everybody is dealing with something. May what we're dealing with not deal with us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew I was going to get an amen then. I struggle a lot and somehow I think I'm beginning to feel, I'm already feeling my life is all about struggles. As I manage to finish this one, two will take over where one was. I'm already feeling my life is all about struggles. This has made me lose self-confidence and interest in the things I love. And I'll give up easily, but I didn't start like that. And the thought of not doing it right is always haunting me and makes me feel like not even trying. At the end, I give up on myself and I give up on God. At some point, I even ask God to take my life. And this happens a lot of the times. I stop praying and even believing in God. But thank God right now, I'm trying to hold on to God no matter what happens. Can you clap for this contributor? about coping mechanisms my daughter Timmy gave me this one it says my coping mechanism is ghosting I said what ghosting is a way of trying to cope just because you can't cope you can't cope with the way people behave how many of you will attest that people don't behave very well particularly well these days is it true or not oh everybody around you they behave well I need to come and live in your house. Everybody in your office, everybody in your neighborhood, everybody amongst your friends, they behave well. The behavior level is terrible these days. It's an epidemic. And so my daughter says, the only way I can cope, because I can't cope, is ghost them. Just mm, block, delete, cancel, this and that. It says ghosting is a way of trying to cope just because you can't cope with people's behavior. But ghosting, the one is that can lead to loneliness. And loneliness scientifically has been proven to shorten the lifespan of both male and female. That's the trick about coping mechanisms. You solve one problem, you create a bigger problem. May what coping mechanism we are choosing may not be the worst thing that will happen to us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So some people die and you wonder what killed them. Loneliness. Because we're, we were created to interact and that's why we want to interact this time and after the sermon is over we're going to interact, having a good time and talking to each other. Awesome says, good morning, Pastor. Due to the economic situation of the country, people will consider not paying the tithe and giving voluntarily to the expansion of God's kingdom as a way of coping and leveling up financially. He said, this is a bad coping mechanism. Is it true or not? I say, is it true or not? <laughs> okay, let me ask you. Oh, let me tell you, if your income remains the same, and in two days, the economy loses 5% of our, the value of our currency. You don't know that you are instantly much poorer by doing nothing. In an import-based uh, economy, <laughs> our currency goes to 1,150 and your income is the same. Don't wait. It's coming to knock on your door. You don't even need to be bad. You don't, you don't need to be a sinner. It's going to get to you. If it's not already getting to you. 
When I saw my children's school fees this year, this semester, I thought I sent them abroad. They did Nigeria. And now after that, the currency has declined another 20% or something like that. So I'm waiting to see what bill will they send to me in January. Hello. And so some people's way of coping is to stop giving. It says doing this could rob you of God's blessings and make your financial situation even worse. The coping mechanism that is very common in church is a cover-up. People smell nice. People look nice when they come to church. Don't look to the right or to the right. You're going to offend somebody. <laughs> but no matter how cool and chill they look, they are trying hard to cope with many things. I don't know whether it's a good coping mechanism or not. We're going to find out as we interact. And sometimes we mask the turmoil within us. There's a volcano of anger. Volcano of, of oh, you just want to strike out. People have really hurt your feelings. People have really taken your money and not giving your money back. You're really pent up. And so you mask the turmoil within. That is dangerous because when it explodes, it's like a volcano. It destroys many things. That's why you see some people fight. Say, ah, is this over this small thing you're fighting? Waiting they do them. It passed that small thing. Hello. Why are you all quiet? Am I making some sense? You know, you're walking on the street and somebody greets you. And because you're thinking, you didn't hear. I said, no, but you had a greet. You see, something they do you. <laughs> And you just start abusing the person. But you say, hey, all he said is, I, I greeted you now. Elijah, what did happen? You just go off the handle because you have been suppressing the turmoil on the internet. May the Lord give us a break. May we overcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to leave the contribution to many other people. Okay, it was Maury that said to me that one common, common, common coping mechanism is pretense. Is the same thing as a cover-up. So when you come to church, you know, some, it's good for us to look cool. It's good for us to not to look like what we're going through, but sometimes we confuse people. Some people think God has not been good to them because you always look good. Meanwhile, your situation is just the same as their own. So they go to God and say, look at that uh, sister Sheon. Look at her life. Her children came back. She's looking very nice. This and that, this and that. Do, are we not in the same church? We even sit on the same room. So help me look at neighbor and say, remember me when you're dressing up for church. <laughs> when I'm driving to church, I see Pastor Miss Lexus Jeep and I say, I don't want to park next to this car. My car was looking good until I parked it near a dressed up car. Choose where you park your car carefully. Hello. I said hello. Because before, people were admiring your car until you park near the right car. Praise God. That's what, When you come to church, pick where you sit. Don't sit near somebody that will intimidate you. <laughs> well, that's just a joke. Now, Joy said, copy 
same mechanism that a lot of people are engaging in is total withdrawal from family and friends. And now they do things to please themselves. They don't owe anybody anymore. If I want to if I want to shout, I will shout. If I want to eat anyhow, they, they just got to a point, it's me, myself, and I, I don't care about anybody, what you feel anymore. That's the only way they know how to cope. Person, we not happy. Uh, we life not sweet. We they chop sugar. Shebina. What's the end of the matter? Diabetes. Your life not sweet. You're chopping sugar. That's coping mechanism. Um, Yinka said, coping mechanism, this one is very serious, is the one that she feels is serious is when you aim to be self-sufficient. That sounds good on the surface, but listen to this. When you practice this, I don't need anyone syndrome. I don't want to be in a place. I'm not going to. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to ask anybody for help. I zero expectations from everybody. I don't trust or need anyone. When I read that, I said, what? When people have disappointed you, when people have talked bad about you, you get to a point you want to be God all by yourself. I don't need to greet anybody. Anything I want to do, I can do it by myself, except you can have a party by yourself. You can order the food, you can order the cake, but nobody can have a party by himself. That's why God created us. When he has a party, he wants his children to be there. That's why when we sin, he went through Jesus to redeem us so that heaven will be full. Am I making some sense to someone? Deomi says, coping mechanism is about seeking alternative sources of blessing. Hello. No, no, I'm not happy with it. I say hello. If God is not doing it. I will come down and stand next to your face. I say, if God is not doing it, I will help myself. And there are many advertisements on social media. How you can get some money. Places you can go. I don't know whether it will work, but they're advertising it. And some people have gone that way. May the Lord restore everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, uh, the danger is becoming a member of different evil associations which will eventually lead to destruction. Pastor Conrad, uh, Pastor Collins, that Pastor Collins, how am I going to cope with him? He has traveled again. That's why he's not in church. You know what he did on Wednesday? My car was parked in the office, so I had to walk at night to the office, start my car in the darkness. I saw somebody by my window. I said, ah. He said, I should wait now. He said, Pastor, I know I just came back, but something happened. They said I should come and meet some people in Singapore. I said, ah, now only you are come. I said, take time, oh. He said, I will soon be back. I started looking for a coping mechanism. Pastor Kola, Pastor, are you not looking for a coping mechanism? You're all quiet. He has gone to Singapore again. That's why he's not here. <laughs> you, need, you need to know these things. 
So he said that the coping mechanism for some people is drinking, drinking. I would say addiction to entertainment. Now you watch Netflix till 4 a.m. in the morning. You do, when they ask you what did you watch, you can't even remember. You're living an indulgent life. You don't, you don't shower anymore. You just do whatever you like. You're binging on food. You're broken your scale. You're drinking yourself to a stupor. And the bad thing is some people begin to jump from one bed to another just to express whatever Everybody's own is different. So don't look at the next question. Yourself, you get your own. May the Lord deliver us all in Jesus' name. But very importantly this morning in an interactive uh, way, I want us to talk about the frustration of the moving target. You know what a moving target is? You said when you are 35, when you are 30, you're... You get to 30, it didn't happen. You get to 35, it didn't happen. You get to 40, you say, bata, bata, it will happen at 40. The target moved from 40 to 45. It moved from 45 to 50. After 50. Can you still hope? Let's talk about moving target. You said at the age of 32, I will no longer be a tenant. You are 42 now. Yeah, even 52. The moving target happens to everybody. For some people, it means be to have a child. For some people, it's to buy your own house. For some people, it's to graduate. For some people, it's to start their ministry. For some people, it's to build the ministry. I didn't think we we're going to be here for 10 years, but we're still here. Moving targets, is it true or not? I say, is it true or not? Some of you thought by now you'll have visited England and America. Passport self, you never get. When the target keeps moving, your body starts changing. You know, the older you get, the more likely you have more weight around here. You know that time they go. What do you do about moving targets? Let me ask you a question. Is it frustrating or not? Is it frustrating or not? So how do we cope with moving targets? Some ladies are not married. You don't, you don't like going to any family function. Your auntie will say, ah, you should, are you married now? Or do you have a fiance? I see that's a way to greet somebody. What about moving targets? You, my guys, my young guys in church, when I say, why don't you have a girlfriend? They say, Pastor, girlfriend, okay. Girlfriend, you know, person will not get money, no go get girlfriend. He that walks shall walk alone. Is he that drives that can get? Hello? Is it true? So how do they cope? At 28, you should have a girlfriend. In fact, you should be married. One girlfriend you never get. I say, but there are lots of girls in church. Say, Pastor, forget that thing. Forget that thing. If you don't get Lala, forget it. Forget that thing. Say, they will greet you. They will speak in tongues. But if you don't get this one, they are wasting your time. He that walks shall continue to walk alone. Except that the Holy Spirit will be with you. Hello. Can we talk about... Moving targets. 
How frustrating can they be? And what are the coping mechanisms we resort to? Anybody? Let me first ask the question, coping, coping targets, a moving targets, do you have a problem with them? Let me see your hand up. Are there things you thought by now you should have done? That's what I'm asking and you haven't done. Put up your hand. You see, people are trying to be, all, all the hands are up. Okay. So how are you coping? Do you hide it under your bed? Do you know there are associations where your moving target will be an issue? You find that you don't like going there. Come on now, why were you in church? Yeah, Grace Assembly. So, how do we cope with the moving targets? Or how did you cope? Maybe you have made it past now, but how did you cope when it was a problem? Minister Bright, somebody is answering me. Help me clap for him. And hurry up with the microphone. Come on, let's go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Uh, so I think that um, the coping, the target, moving target, the reason why it gets frustrating is because, um, the Bible, let me start by saying that, the Bible says that we should be anxious for nothing and in everything, you know, uh, by prayer and supplication, make our request known to God. We set the target ourselves. We did not tell God about it. And so, you get frustrated. What are your so hands doing? You, did you hear what you said? Sometimes we set the targets. If you know, if you know that God dwells in eternity and is not bounded by time, then you don't wake up in the morning and say, "By tomorrow, I will do this." It's not in your hands, and that's how you get frustrated. But and secondly, you know why they're not clapping? Because. <laughs> yeah. How how do you say when I'm twenty? I will build a house. I will do that. On what ground are you saying it? Let's even talk about, even with some of us, we do it more uh, uh, casually. You say at 20, at 25, at 30, I'll do this. But you have refused to even follow the path that will lead you there. It's not going to work. Your frustration will be doubled. Wow. Come on now. So... If you're not clapping, it means say, now nah, for your area, they smell the combo. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says, who is he that wants to build a house that will not, first of all, sit down, sit down and calculate and the, the cost. cost? So whether spiritual or physically, sometimes we tend to, you know, overhype our ambitions and not fully reality. And then you get frustrations. Someone says, I want to get married at 30 or 28. And... You don't, you don't go to, you don't attend any event. You are just all by yourself. You stay in your house and you pray from morning to night. And you expect that your husband should discover you in your house. It's frustration. And God is looking at you like, are you serious? You know? And so, we, 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 the frustration starts, we, ordinarily we shouldn't be frustrated if we are busy, you know, doing what God is saying. And God does not do it in time. We have our timing, so it's going to happen. This is a wise we, man. We Come get on to now. By ourselves without... I'm not happy the way you're clapping for him. I'm not happy because what is with people? You hear wisdom, you hear knowledge and understanding. Okay. Okay, let's go over there. They will come back here. For anyone that wants to speak, the culture is clap for them first. Uh, uh. Yes. 
Good morning, church. Um, I think the question is, how do we cope? How do we cope? Yes, yes because um, if my father owns everything and I'm his daughter, then I have the right to have a target for myself. Because people are doing it, so why can't I achieve it too? So I think for me, is some of the ways I cope is just you live daily, as in whichever way... Um, when you wake up in the morning and you go out, whatever you face, you just face it. Um, you just try to, let me say it in broken, whatever belly face, you turn ahead. That's how you cope. Yes, because at the end of the day, you can't kill yourself. So I think the first thing that sometimes you just um, accept whatever you receive when you go out. That's the way some people cope, or I did. There are some times you cry yourself to bed. There's oh, no what are your hands doing? About <laughs> you just have to let the pressure out. Some people just cry. And there are sometimes you are upset. You are upset with God. It's normal. And then after hold you on. realize that, hold on, let me hold on. Sometimes you are upset with God. Why are you quiet? You're afraid to admit that sometimes you're upset with God. You try. God, you try. Carry on, Kemi. And then after you realize that it's the one that gave you the bread, by the time you wake up the next day, that you're alive. So, there's hope. Adjust, yes. And I think recently for me, it was, um, I noticed I was comparing. You know when you're comparing your peers, especially when you do anniversaries, primary, secondary school, and you see others where they are and where you are, mm. and then you start comparing. But I had to put myself to a point where I tell myself that you don't come, you don't chase after your neighbor's blessing. Your own too will come. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself of the Bible verse, and then you stop. But that um, um, you shouldn't have targets. Sometimes you don't even know your purpose at some point in your life. You believe you know your purpose five years ago, but now you are, you are practically not purposeful because you have not reached it. And you're asking God, what's my purpose in life? So everybody has those stages. But it's just that you live daily. Wherever, whatever meets you at that day. If you're sad, be sad. But don't stay there for long. You take yourself up again. And Come on, man. That's coping strategy. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel down. But... His mercies are new every morning. The rising of the sun reminds you of the faithfulness of God that any day could be your day. Can you help me celebrate her one more time? But, okay, we come to show. But before we take show, let me merge the two things that you're saying. What he's saying is not that he insists that um, what he's saying, what you're saying is right, that you should let God follow God's pattern for your life. What he's saying is sometimes we don't do that. We set rigid targets. You know, the truth is that nobody commands God. He makes all things beautiful in its time. So when you set a target, if it doesn't work, you say, Lord, so when will it be? So that I can continue with some hope. Just because it didn't happen this year doesn't mean God has canceled it. Some, their own is this year. Your own may be January. What's the difference? Glory to God. Yeah. All right, let's hear from Shil. Good morning, church. Good morning. Um, I, I would like to explain different ways because um, if I'm coming from a personal point of view and from the experiences of people around me, um, the first thing I would say I used to cope 
is for the situations like someone said, where you go somewhere and when they see you, they, the first thing they want to say is, ah, ah, you look so beautiful, where's your husband? For those kind of um, scenarios. I, my own coping mechanism, which I don't agree that is good, but it's part of what I do, I avoid such um, scenarios. And um, Look at your hands, I you just stay away from the them. Because I, I personally call such people uh, bad energy. And for the ones I really can't do with that, without that, those family members that you know you can't stay away from, every time I see some of them, it's very bad. But when I see those aunties and uncles coming, I just quickly hold my phone. I'm like, hello, hello, uh, good afternoon, man. I'm, I'm walking away. So I know it's bad. But That's coping strategy. I just, <laughs> I just ignore it because I don't like to shalaye too much. Oh. Now, another... Wait, 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 wait. I don't like to shalaye too much. I heard another one today. I don't... <laughs> Another way I cope, um, judging from the past, when I was in school, um, sometime when I was having issue with one lecturer and all of that, and judging by the recent activities in my life in the last seven years, um, in the past three years especially, my coping mechanism was going to party. When all these things started like this, and I'm surrounded, most of the people I say, my friends, my friends, they are always older than me. Most of my closest friends, some of them are 50-something-year-old women. So when the whole thing starts, they're like, hello, show, how fast? Oh, Shelley, okay, me, I've worn my clothes. I was always gingered to go for parties. I just want to party. Like, it was a way I was using to cope. Can you clap for her? This is real. See, for three years, the only way she could get away from her misery is, oh, Shelley, I did it. I just want to party, yes. And I noticed it's a copy magnesium because recently now, you really have to beg me. Like, if you say, ah, oh, Shelley, eh, ah, I'm busy. So apparently, it was just um, a way of me uh, trying to cope. Another coping uh, mechanism for me that is the number one of everything. When things are going south like that, I always run to church. That was what happened to me when it started. I ran to church. Grace Assembly was the first place I came to that initial time. Like, I just feel no matter how much I jump everywhere, mm -hmm. the place I always find solace, I want to run to church because um, it's, it's like saving. I don't know how to explain it, but there's always um, a better assurance in the gathering of the people. And another um, mechanism again, like I said, it's different ones depending on the situation. Uh, for church, I, I don't know, I think Pastor Kola has talked about it before. So before I just carry my bag, when I do holy, holy, God Almighty, I carry my bag. As the pastors are leaving, I'm at the bus stop. Now, the reason why it was like that for me is I was also hurt by the church before in times past. My family as a whole, even the death of my father, is all around church. And so deep down in my heart, I'm like, oh, on today, on today. So when everybody has finished praying and the choir has ministered and everything, I just want to pick my bag and I want to get out. I don't need to associate with anybody. But I noticed that it was a coping mechanism because as time was going by, 
I started seeing family in church. Hey. I started feeling more comfortable. What are you, what are you doing? Come on, let us celebrate. And, and that yeah. has also helped me to cope. So now I want to come to church, but I have a few people that I look out for that, oh, I didn't see this person, and I can pick my phone and say, oh, where are you? I didn't come to church. People will reach out. So I started seeing um, a family there. Now, if I want to pick from other people, sorry for taking so much time. It's okay. I recently heard that someone very close to me I started doing drugs. Why? I, I, I could understand. I don't judge people. People doing drugs, doing this, doing that, because what he was going through at that time was actually a lot. Or just maybe if people like me were um, closer, or people that, instead of other people around him who apparently might be judging, maybe if we had come closer, if we were someone close, we can, uh, Alpha, we're having interactive Sunday. I don't want to go. Let's just go. Oh, yeah, if you follow me, I'll give you this. Most times they will come when they know that there's something in it for them. So I think the way we can make everybody around us to cope is to try to stay close to some people. Stop judging people. I've been a victim of that. Stop judging people and just reach out. Try, try to understand where um, these people are coming from. Yeah, thank you. I said, wow, I think we all must have found herself in one of the things she said. Sharon, thank you very much. I thank God that the season is changing. Anybody else want to say something? Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I think probably mine is a bit different because uh, I didn't grow up in the conventional way. I, um, so my coping mechanism was a bit... Uh, um, okay, let me start by saying, you know, when the Lord says uh, we should come bring our strong reasons so when we are coming to him, so when I was growing up, I began to, because of all the things that was happening around me, then I built up a kind of wall around myself. And uh, you have to do, you have to be really, really tough for you to touch me. You can be doing everything for years. I will just be looking at you and I will not, really, I will not, that is, I will not respond to you. I will just be looking at you because over the years, I've built a thick wall around myself that nothing touches me. You will do everything. I will just be looking at you. The, the least you will see from me in response, I'll just smile and I will leave. So when I gave my life to Christ, I saw that it was a dangerous coping mechanism because if I didn't answer you, you are in trouble. But you will pray that I answer you because if I didn't answer you, I will set a trap for you. And you must enter that trap. So that was my coping mechanism. And I, I, when I gave my life to Christ, the pastor that they handed me over, I really dealt with that pastor. Because uh, at a point, 
he began to look at me that I was a devil that they sent to him to torture him. It happened like that because as a young child, I never knew what was a daddy. Sometimes I play with my children roughly because I never experienced it. So I don't know what, what they call daddy. I don't know what they call mommy. So it happened like that. And uh, when, when I was with this pastor, Pastor Alex, he would tell me that, don't worry, you will serve God well. I say, you don't know what you're saying. If you know me, you will not be telling me about God. So, but over the years, I've seen it that God just have a special plan for me. So, he didn't allow me to go too deep into being very ruthless and bad. But I was ruthless. But it didn't allow me to go deep into it in the sense that once I see those underworld people, I notice them and I just stay away from them. And uh, I know it was God that was keeping me because even what they were doing, I would do 100 times better what they were doing. But uh, I thank God today. Um, now, even when I'm in Christ now, my coping mechanism still revolves around that. Uh, if, if you will offend me, I will just, the, the least thing I do now is, I will just look at you, I will just smile that you don't know what is life. If you know what is life, probably you will not do what you are doing. I, I kind of rate people based on how they react to me. So if you, if you have a behavior towards me, I just rate you as a baby. That if you are mature, probably you will not react like that to me. So I, 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 I take, I took um, that, um, the chapter of the verse when he says, in Job, when he says, I, that, that, that's my best verse in the Bible. There is a spirit in man, the inspiration of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. And I, over the years, I noticed that I had to leave that my place into beginning to re interact with people. I don't interact with people. Uh, uh, like what she was saying, I, I look at it that interaction with people make me get weak. So I don't interact with people. So uh, it was when, like I said, I dealt with that Pastor Alex because at a point he would just deliberately fix me into in the, the midst of people for me to do things with them. So I thank God that what the Lord has done is good. But... We all have different coping mechanisms because um, we all react to the things happening around us because of what we have encountered over the years yeah. and what we have seen people do to us. So, and we relate that, we relate with people based on that. It's only by the grace of God that most of us try to just interact with people. Praise the Lord. Wow.
Wow, wow, wow. I want to define what it means to move from coping mechanisms to coping strategies. It's like when there's frying pepper and you enter the kitchen, you will sneeze. That's how coping mechanisms work. It's in it. It is, it is automated. You, you just do it. So people are mean to you, you withdraw. Because if I don't, if I don't see you, like you said, I'm on my phone. If I don't hear what you're saying, I, I, I won't get upset. So I come across as rude, but it's better for me to be rude and maintain my peace. But the coping strategies is different. Coping mechanism is automatic, based on your pains and how you grew up. Your entire image or personality or persona responds to difficult situations according to how you were raised and the experiences you've had. It's standard. And that's why it's not right to judge people. Children that grew up in lack and cruelty, there's a way they cope. Ajebota children, they don't know that. So you need to, so that's why church is a hospital. We let people come in. Let me tell you, in terms of coping mechanisms, I'll tell you. You, I'll tell you mine. People come to church. But when they leave, most times I don't know. How do you cope? Another set comes, you wonder, should I get close to this person? It's better. So when they go, I don't even feel anything. It's coping, but it's wrong. A shepherd that does not move close to the sheep is a hireling. So coping strategies are different. They are premeditated. That's why we're here today. So say that things are tough. Things look like they continue to be tough. So we let's form a strategy. When this happens, this is what I'm going to do. It's not going to catch me by surprise. Because if I do this, this is the result. A lot of coping strategies, for instance, when you, when you cut off people, like you said, you don't relate to people, you live in isolation. On that Wednesday, I'm talking about an isolation is an self-imprisonment. And even in the prison in Kirikiri, they have the people that stay in solitary confinement. You can be in prison, you're just a prisoner. But the worst one is when you're in prison, you're in solitary confinement. They don't let you see anybody or talk to anybody. But when you cut off everybody because people are mean to you, people criticize you, people lie about you, what you're doing is you put yourself not only in prison, in solitary confinement. And your makeup does not agree with that. So you're shortening your life. See, fellowship is good for us. You know what you do? Your life force gives me something. My life force gives you something. You don't know that. Everybody carries life force. That's why people that are very sensitive, if somebody is in a room, somebody like, and it's pitch dark, and nothing is moving, some people that are very tuned, when they enter, they say there's somebody in this room. They're feeling your life force. So when you don't have life force around you, your own life force begins to diminish. And that's why you die. And sometimes you're not even sick. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. 
So we're talking about the coping strategies that are deliberate. Coping strategies are the tools we can use to manage and cope with stress, frustrations, and difficulties. But unlike coping mechanisms, coping strategies are not in it. They need to be taught and practiced on a regular basis. Strong coping mechanisms can make a big difference in how well we fare in life. It is not optional for us or even our kids and our teens if they are going to be successful in life and if they're going to thrive after leaving school. It is so important, not just for us, it is so important we need to teach it to help our kids and teens so that they can develop coping strategies at an early age. I want to talk to you about that. There was a time a lot of children of rich people were committing suicide in Nigeria. How many of you remember that? It was so rampant. They were depressed. The only coping mechanism they knew was to take their lives. How do you, as a parent, cope with that? These are children well catered for. They have drivers, they take them to school, they commit suicide. You can criticize them all you want, but you never taught them coping strategies. So it's not just for us here. We need to go home and understand that you don't live in the same world as your children do. You live in the same house, but you don't live in the same world. The way they see the world, the way they feel about the world is different from yours. So you just because you bought them clothes, you give them food. You say, what are you unhappy about? Don't, don't talk like that. Their own world is real to them. And if you, if you are not around, they will do coping mechanism. Somebody sent me um, a retreat analysis that they went for a retreat, a parents' retreat, and they found out that children from the age of 11 to 14, most of them were having sex. Just like some adults too begin to jump from one man to one woman, one woman when they are frustrated and unhappy, children do it too. But just because you don't know doesn't mean it's not going on. It's a coping mechanism. They want to feel loved. Sex is not love, but at least somebody is holding my hand. So we're going to we're going to take it to the children, but let me show you the Bible. Stand up. When we had the interactive study, you spoke so well that day. Help me clap for him. You spoke so well that day. You 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 said pretty much that you don't have time for girls that you're chasing your dream, this and that, and so on. I looked at this fine boy, I said, you don't have time for girls. If I told Rich, I'll have time for girls. Keep quiet. <laughs> you know, he said that because the girls are all about Mola. I heard you that day and my heart bled. So your access to love that you're entitled to you don't even see it as an option. I wonder how you cope. See all these fine girls. See them here. See them. See them. See them. See them. See them. I see them. So you don't see any of these ones. Pastor, let me help me pray for this young man. May God deliver him from coping mechanism. Let him develop coping strategy. Maybe his strategy is come and see the pastor and say, give me the list of the girls where is not money that moves them. That's a strategy.
to pray for the women. That what? Pastor Kola said, not me. Pastor Kola said, not PFP. That we should pray for the young women that money should not be the central force of their life again. You join? Pastor Kola, I, they, all the grandmas are agree with you. Your son is like him too. He doesn't want to talk about girls. It's not all the women. Uh-huh. Okay, how do we separate them? Because I'm in a coping strategy now. <laughs> men don't choose the right women. So how do we choose? How do we train the men to know how to choose? It's the women that have to teach the men how to choose women because men don't know it. Can you clap for Lady B here for me? <laughs> I want to, to take you to the Bible. This is exciting. First Samuel chapter 1 from verse 1. Multimedia, change to the Bible. Yes. First Samuel 1 verses 1 to 8. Here begins the reading of God's word that will teach us how to migrate from coping mechanisms to coping strategy. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihi, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraimite. Long introduction. He had two wives, I wonder why. And name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. So Hannah came before Penina. I want you to remember that Hannah was the first wife before Penina. You'll find out why I'm saying that later on. Penina had children, not child. But Hannah, who had been in the house longer, had no children. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's children, sometimes it's glory, sometimes it's fame. But this is the story of life. This man went up from the city yearly to worship. Obviously, they were worshippers. So how can a worshipper get married to somebody that loves her and have no children? How can a young man that has masters in, in MIA, MIC or whatever it is do not have money by the time he's 40 years old? Same story. This man went up from the year yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Ekana to make an offering, listen to this, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. So she didn't just have children, she had complete children, sons and daughters in the plural. But the other one that came first had nothing. You know, you stop judging people just because you had the right degrees does not mean you will not face life. And to Hannah, to compensate Hannah, he would give her a double portion of what he gave Penina and her children add it together, then you times it by two to compensate. How do you know that sometimes money cannot compensate for the lack of some things? Gave her double. That was, he was hoping there would be a coping mechanism that would work. Although the Lord had closed her womb, let's go on, and her rival also provoked her severely. 
you can provoke me, it will get to me bad. But if you provoke me severely, ah, I'm going to need a coping mechanism. And her driver provoked her severely to make her what? To make her what? Miserable, not unhappy. Listen, the big brother of unhappy is miserable. Because the Lord had closed her womb, she used her situation to deal with her. So it was year by year when they went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her just when she was going to worship. Therefore she would weep and not eat. Then Elkanah Houseman said to her, listen to this very well. <laughs> ah, coping mechanism. Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I offered her a coping mechanism. Say, look at me. Look at the way I love you. I give you double motion when I give her. Am I not better than ten sons? The woman didn't answer. There are some things I offer to you you know cannot solve your pain. The best thing is not to answer. Because if she answered that man, the man will have thrown her out of his house. Because the man was offering her everything that a man can offer. Can I tell you something about life? Don't expect a man to solve your real problems. No matter how much they love you, no man is big enough to solve your problem. They can scratch it, they can solve it. She did not answer this question. If she answered him, they said, you, you're better than him. No, you're not. What will be the result? You think Elkanah will cope with that very well, very well? He won't cope. With. Then, uh -huh. go on. Oh, that's the end of it. Okay. Now, maybe... Maybe we should first analyze that. There are many Hannahs here. Male Hannahs, female Hannahs. You're a worshiper. Some things happened good for you. got married on time. Your husband loved you. But somewhere along the line, inexplicable, you cannot understand it. But what should be the fruit of the blessing doesn't happen. You're so bright in school, but money you don't get. And somebody that's not as bright as you is making all the money and saying, Dance, you see your head big, you know book. Waiting, we will take book too. You don't get money. And then somebody is saying, Ah, uh -uh, but the book, you know, should be enough for you to feel good. You say, Which can feel good? Book and no money is equal to nothing. Does this make sense to you now? Yes, How does a Hannah cope? What are the coping mechanisms you live in the same house with the person that's always making you miserable? When people say, but the man loves you, the man gives you double portion, your own is too much. How do you cope with such people who say that to you? Look at you, you are healthy. Look at this. But they say that you should not be making so much noise about this part. But to you, that part is the cocoa. Hannah was a good woman. Hannah was a kind woman. Hannah was a worshiper. Hannah was married. Her husband loved her. How do you explain this? Can I tell you something? Please listen to me. There are parts of life 
Don't judge anybody. You, if you are in the same shoes, you will not know how to cope. women here will have answered that man so don't tell me that again maybe the problem is you self maybe the problem is you they can strike at the man with anger and the man gives them double the anger and the whole thing Penina now gets both husband and everything hello somebody what I said is it true or not that proposal could be very annoying when they talk about this, should they go that place? Instead of telling me how I'm going to have a child, you are telling me you're better than t- 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 10 sons. You old man, are you going to become a baby again? No. And that was what happened. So we want to learn about the coping strategies. Please, let's go on. Verse 9, maybe we'll just read it through. This is a story. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. When her husband spoke to her, she decided to eat. Now the priest, now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in what? Come on, please say this out. She was in what? Bitterness of soul. It doesn't get any worse than that. Do you know when you are in the house of the Lord, you're in the bitterness of soul and you've seen people's testimonies and everybody's happy and year after year you're coming... A lot of people are not here anymore because they have heard your testimony. You have given testimony. They don't have half a testimony. They don't come to church anymore. Maybe they are online. I pray they are online so they know. I'm surprised that the woman in the bitterness of soul did not go and sit in the car, in the car park. Say, when they finish the service, come and meet me. Am I making some sense? Am I making some sense? She was in the bitterness of soul. And some people are in business or so, they don't come to church. The coping mechanism is, I'm not going. Maybe it's not for me. Why is it other people are always having testimony? And the pastor is the same thing he will say. Which kind of happy outcome? A day here. A day here. No, out- no outcome, self. I'll, I'll talk about the outcome. And she was in the bitterness so and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. was a coping mechanism it was a coping strategy if she went to her husband will it change the situation if she fought with him will it change the situation the natural mechanism coping mechanism is to tell the man stop saying that are you not the one that gave this uh, penina uh, children maybe if you had not married a second wife you have enough sperm to even impregnate me nonsense the thing that we're not rich you don't divide that into two if you want to laugh, laugh. I know. <laughs> I know Nigeria women. The kind of thing they will say. The coping mechanism will be no, 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 no. At this shield of self, I'm not coming again. Maybe it's for you. I'm Penina. It pays you. I'm going to wait outside. I'll sit in the car. If she wept to her husband, there's nothing her husband can do about it. The real strategy, if you must cry, go and cry to God. <laughs> Church is one place. If you want to kneel down, if you want to lie down, nobody's going to bother you. A lot of people are crying to a man that cannot help you. That's why they're not in church. But God heard her. Today, God will hear you. Amen.
up, bring it up. I'm still reading, I'm still reading. Then she made a vow. Strategy. Do people make a vow by instinct? No. Listen to the vow. Oh, Rodada, she think and well, well. She made a vow said, Oh, Lord of hosts. You can tell this is not anyhow. She was, it was a strategy. If you will, if when somebody uses the word if, it is deliberate. When somebody starts with an if, it is a strategy. It's not a statement. It's not just. This is a coping strategy. She said, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me and not forget your maid servant and you will give your maid servant a male child. She was specific. Your male, your maid servant, uh, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. she should have used she could have used to to dress her husband down to say you have divided what may have been enough for me and you look at the nonsense you have done you are talking you are going to be 10 sons you that you are already bald who wants a bald son I bet you could have said a lot of things that would have caused real wahala in church she used the same mouth to speak to the Lord with starting with if if is a strategy response to strategy. God responds to somebody that is deliberate. That's what Solomon did. He gave a thousand burnt offerings. I cannot feel that he knew Jehovah was coming. I cannot feel he prepared when Jehovah comes. This is what I'm going to say. That's a strategy. You will not continue to do mechanisms. You will move to strategy. It will work for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's move on to the next. Let me next. um, Read the next three words for me. Say it loud. And it happened. From that time that she resorted to the coping strategy, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth. Why her own mouth? Let's go on. Now, Hannah spoke to her heart and only her lips, but her voice was not there. Therefore, Ella thought she was drunk. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And Eli said to her, How long have you been drunk? Put your wine away. Let's go. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. When the anointing is moving, please don't decorate yourself. When the anointing is moving, don't carry your pretext. Your cover up, this is not the time. She said it the way it was, I have not, I have not drunk my wine or intoxicating drink, but I poured out what? My soul before the Lord. Someone say strategy. Let's go on. Do not consider out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken unto now. Let's go on. And Eli said, answered and said, go in peace, O Lich. He said, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. He didn't hear the petition. But God moved him to seal it, sign, sealed, and delivered. Verse 18. And she said, let your maidservant find favor on your side. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. She knew it was a done deal. Verse 19. 
And they rose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. Listen to this. And Elkanah knew Anna, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. When you go away from coping mechanisms to coping strategy, this is what will happen. The Lord will move whoever you are. Receive it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20. So it came to pass in the process of time that Anna conceived and bore a son. I called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. I like particularly. Move to verse um, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 20. 1 Samuel 2, verse 20. And Eli will bless Elkanah and his wife and say, that is after they dropped Samuel in the temple. The Lord give you descendants from this woman <laughs> for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they will go to their own home. Listen to this. The strategy, you see, strategy is a double-sided coin. Prayer is one-sided. God, do this for me. God, do this for me. Prayer is a kind of mechanism. A strategy is, if you do this, I will do that. It's very powerful. And God needed a priest. Because the sons of Eli were terrible boys. And God was going to kill them. And so Eli will say, the Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Because when you give to the Lord, you loan to the Lord and he will repay over and over again. And these people will go back to the home. Verse 21, listen to this. And the Lord visited Hannah again. And so she conceived and bought what? Three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Here is wisdom. And he that hath ears, let him hear. Your coping mechanism of prayer may not be working. But if you move to a coping strategy that this woman gave, because it was alone. God gave her five more children, and I'm quite sure she overtook Penina. And guess what? The Bible scholars say that every year or so, two of Penina's children died every year. So that at the end of the day, hey, I won't tell you, you know the results. Can you stand to your feet? Say, Lord, teach me how to engage coping strategy. Ah, like Hannah, let my case change. Remarkably, phenomenally, in a way that my enemies cannot understand. Pray, say, Lord, deliver me from the coping mechanisms, the drinking, the partying, that nothing I have done in the past will wreck my future. Open my understanding. Let me be like this woman who brought it home. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And overtook one that used to make her miserable. 
multimedia, bring me Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19. My time is gone. Child of God, look up on the screen just to encourage you that God has gone ahead of you. The scripture says in New Century Version, the Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. It is already happening. Can I hear an amen? The Lord says, forget what happened before. That was then, this is now. And do not think about the past. Let the past be past. Look at the new thing I am going to do. It is already happening. That's a happy outcome. So shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Living Bible says, but forget all that. Whatever it was. Penina and her annoying way of, of needling you and making you miserable and a year after year forget all that it is nothing compared to what I am going to do for I am going to do a brand new thing see I have already begun receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ the thing about the word of God is if you don't receive it by faith it will not profit you I'm going to read it again. You better connect. But forget all that happened. It is nothing to compare to what I am about. I'm going to do. For I am going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. I say amen for myself. The message Bible says forget about what's happened and don't keep going over old history. Be alert and be present so that you don't miss it. I'm going to do something brand new. It is bursting out. It means it will be unstoppable. Receive it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 6, the contemporary version says, God shares up people, people he needs. And that is what he did when he sent Titus to us. Titus is a helper. Titus is a bearer of good news. Hey, the one who will cheer you up. That was who Eli was, who didn't hear what she prayed about. God shares up people in need and that's what he did when he sent Titus to us. I decree and I declare from my office as a servant of the Lord that your Titus is on the way. Your Titus will show up in 2023, not beyond. It will happen this year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God shares up people in need. Talk to the Lord about your needs. God shares up people in need. Are you in need of a helper? Are you in need of a husband? Are you in need of a child? Are you in need of a job? Are you in need for a child to, to change and become a good child? Are you in need of money? God shares up people in need. And that's what he did when he sent Titus to us. Father, everyone pray today. Hey, the way you heard Hannah, who did not even speak out, hear every prayer. Send the Titus, their own Titus, the helper that can help them in that particular area of need. The one that is a bearer of good news and happy outcomes. Send that one who can cheer up this person who has only been coping. So 
so far and not coping so well. Let Titus be the answer that put an end to the need to be coping. By the help of the Lord, because he will send us our own Titus individually to every home. We shall do better than coping. We shall overcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of amen is that? By the help of the Lord who will send us our own Titus, we shall do better than just coping in the bad situation. We shall overcome that situation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without fear, we shall overcome. We shall overcome. To the glory of God, we shall overcome. The situation that we're trying to cope with will become history. I said it will become history. Behind our back, I will step into the happy outcomes that comes when God connects with our coping strategies. So shall it be. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus name we have prayed. Say amen and amen. If you are glad that you heard the truth today, can you help me celebrate the Lord this morning? I'm so grateful to God. I'm so grateful the days of me doing my coping mechanisms are over. In the days of coping strategies, so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name.